Birds are singing. The sun is out. Spring has sprung. Has your wardrobe followed suit? If not, you can get a refresh with Bombas, my favorite brand for socks, tees, and underwear that also has an amazing mission that we support wholeheartedly. Because for every incredible comfy item that I get from Bombas, they match with a donation to someone who is unhoused. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash hard things and use code hard things for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash hard things and use code hard things at checkout. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets it's match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Pod Squad, there's something we need to ask you to do today that would mean so much to us. And that is take 30 seconds to make sure you're following the show. This weird thing happened with the Apple updates and it's kicked a lot of people out of the pause squad. They've been paused. And so we need you to make sure you're not paused. I was. I mean, I was paused out of my own pod I squad. I know you were. God. So to check to see if this happened to you, Apple listeners, listen up. Open your podcast app, search We Can Do Hard Things, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see a pause symbol. Tap the pause symbol to resume. Please, if you see a download symbol, you can go to the settings and automatically download episodes. And if you see a plus symbol, please tap to follow the show. So if you do this, the new episodes just come up in your feed. And this is really helpful to you because you never miss an episode. It's also really helpful to us. It actually matters to us when you listen to the pod. It makes a big difference. So thank you so much. Go to We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. And you know what? Tell your friends. Maybe send them a link to your favorite episode or to the show. We love you. We appreciate you so much, Pod Squad. We really Squad. do. Thank you, Pod Squad. Unpause. Unpause us. And to be loved, we need to be known. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to do it like Glennon. Welcome back. I, she thinks that I whisper. This is the biggest, a lot of people's fights I, I hear in relationships are about money and sex, probably. Those are actually some of our fights too. But what I would say the number one conflict in our marriages is volume. Volume. <laughs> volume. Just, is she too loud or am I too soft? Yes. That's the question of the century. <laughs> the answer is yes, I as an outsider. <laughs> I will tell you that, sister, you'll love this. So I, for 100%, think that Abby's just extraordinarily loud, mm -hmm. excessively loud, like megaphone loud. She thinks that I'm too quiet and I'm doing it on purpose to drive her nuts. The other it's called day. polarization in relationships. Yes, yes. <laughs> Did I tell the pod squad about when Tig and Stephanie were over? No, I don't think you have. Okay, so Tig and Stephanie best, were best over. Mo best moment of my life. A couple months ago. They are just the loveliest people. Just the absolute best. 
we were having them over for the, for the first time. Yeah. And so we don't have people over very often. Yeah. So it's like a big deal for us. So we're all sitting on the couch, Tig and Stephanie, me and Abby, and we're like, you know, talking, telling stories. And I'm talking and I can see that Tig, Tig just keeps like leaning forward more and more. And she is leaning so close to me. Like she's just leaning in. And I'm like, oh my God, I am... I am as, she's I'm so interested. I'm, I'm captivating to take Nataro. <laughs> I thought it was a good story, but I was like, wow. Like, I cannot wait to talk to Abby about how engaged Tig is. And then finally, she's, she gets like so close to me and she interrupts my story and she goes, excuse me, why are you whispering? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. You're like validation that I needed. Yes. Y'all, I looked at Abby. I was so, I was like, that's it. It's over for me. Like that in that, mm-hmm. Tig Nataro has decided that I, it is, it is my fault. Mm-hmm. Welcome to We Can Do Hard Things, everybody. <laughs> how are you two? Let's check in. I'm great. But like, really, how oh. are you today? I got my morning routine done, okay. and dusted. Okay, done and dusted. My favorite phrase. Pod squatters, there's important things for you to know about Abby. One of which is that at least seven times a day, <laughs> she uses the phrase done and dusted. Yes. And I think that if she can't find the appropriate context, like that was perfect context, she'll just do it anyway. It's like a rule she has for life is she yes. has to say done and dusted five times. Also sweating to the oldies. Yes. Yeah, she says sweating <laughs> to the oldies at least five times a day. If she walk up the stairs, she goes, I'm sweating to the oldies. It has to be done. It has to be done. I say weird stuff for sure. How are you today, this day, this moment? I'm good. I'm good. I was thinking this morning about raising teenagers Mm. and about how interesting it's been lately. It's been so interesting. We're just going to keep saying interesting and what I want to say is that it is different than raising young children in that when you're raising little kids, it can be unisolating because you can talk about it so much because they aren't like real people. They're just like mm-hmm. little blobs of, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing personal about a toddler. They're just. Well, the Venn diagram of your life and their life is like one complete Venn diagram. There's right. Not like a, yeah. Right. And now. I feel like raising teenagers, you need more community or like talking or ideas or brainstorming with other parents, but you can't have it mm-hmm. because it would be too much of a breach of, of the trust the of your children yeah. to talk about yeah, that's what it, it is. So anyway, um, you've done a beautiful job. I feel like you're killing it. Thank you, babe. I feel it's like just so wa- it's so like weighted. You've lost all control. But you're still trying to guide. But I don't know. It is. It is I had, doozy, man. I've been really trying to learn from you because the truth is, is, is teenage kids have been more triggering to me than I anticipated. Yes. Yes. And when something happens and it's upsetting to me, I, I look at you and you look fine. You mm-hmm. look fine. And I'm like, wow. Like even yesterday I had an epiphany and I texted you. I have an epiphany. And I, especially with like teenage girls, trying to like detox from the patriarchy is so difficult for me personally, for a lot of reasons, but sending our kids out into the world, our, our, our daughters, I just feel astonished with how triggered I feel with, with Mm. them becoming individual young adult women. Mm -hmm. You you know how Abby's like was in a different life. She was from yonder your Mm-hmm. from the medieval time I'm pretty sure yeah yeah, for sure um I feel like she's a little bit like that she turns into her medieval self and she's like a a, a king on the castle saying thou will not come near thou's daughter <laughs> like she turns into this yeah it's really interesting I feel super protective of uh-huh. the girls and that's at the, the the bottom of it like I love them so much And because I went through life as a young woman in this world, 
I feel like almost extra protective of them. And I don't need to be that way because this is my problem. They're fine. They really are. They are fine. They're completely fine. They're responsible. But like, I'm just like every little thing. I'm like, oh, uh, oh, what's happening? Are they? She's trying to pull one over on me. She's like, no, Mm -hmm. they're just being teenage girls. And it has been the hardest, like letting go of or surrender. I'm still not quite there yet. You've just been so solid. I keep looking at you. I'm like, I want to feel that solid. You just can't hear me. I'm whispering, help. <laughs> help. <laughs> so, so that's it. We wish we could talk more about it. You know, I really do. I, yeah. I wish I could talk to the pod squad about it. I think about that all the time, actually. But I, what I do want to say to the pod squad is I send you love and solidarity if you two mm. are in this interesting teenage time where I think... Here's what I think. I think it has more to do with dealing with your own shit than anything else 100%. because it's so true that you have you can't control anything anyway. Yep. You're not mm-hmm. really deciding much or strategizing mm-hmm. much, although I would like the pod squad to tell me what is your kid's curfew. I want to yeah. know this. Just tell me. Just say, for example, you had a 15-year-old girl, and let's say, for example, you had an 18-year-old. How old 17, is she? A 17-year-old. I just want you to tell me what their curfews are. Okay. Sissy, how are you? You were going to tell us something about the weekend. I know I wanted to share a story about the weekend because I had a really cool experience that I wanted to share with you in the pod squad. And it's gotten me thinking like all weekend long. And I'm curious what you all think about this. So do you remember Glenn and my friend from the law firm, Christine? Yeah, I do. I haven't heard from her for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Christine was my law firm colleague and she became a dear friend through that. And we've stayed in touch um, some since, you know, the decade since I left the firm, but we don't see each other really because life. And Christine is married to Chris. So that's cute, right? Because they're Chris and Christine. Chris and Chris. So that's mm-hmm. fun. But they have been together forever. And a year ago, something really terrifying happened to Chris where they realized that he had a congenital heart defect and he had a huge aneurysm in his heart. Mm. And it required this like very complex, massive surgery. And they are both like as type A plus type people as you can imagine. Both Yale grads, lawyers, they do not ask for help. They're like, we will solve all the problems ourselves. Um, And they just like have everything locked down on their Mm -hmm. own. But when this happened a year ago, it was just so overwhelming to them and really scary and complicated. And so Christine, at that point, she had to like be in another state with Chris during the surgery and they have two kids at home. And she wrote to me and was like, this is what I need from you Hmm. during this time where I'm away. She didn't say it like that. She was like, this is what's happening. Would you be willing to help? And she gave me concrete things to do to help. And then now it's been a year since the surgery happened and they hosted a dinner this weekend. There were six couples at the dinner and them and they called it Eat Your Heart Out. Oh, oh because of the heart. I got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Where I love a play on words, Great. which is yes. points for that. But so at the top of the dinner, they both stood up and they said that the night was inspired by our episode with Priya Parker, oh. the How to Host a Magical Gathering. This is 256. If you haven't listened, you should listen to it. But- It was so beautiful because they said the purpose of the night was not to celebrate Chris and his recovery, but it was to celebrate the people that had gotten them through that scariest Mm. time of their lives. They talked about how hard it was for them to ask for help. And they used the word safety. They said the help that we received from this group gave us the safety that we needed to do what we needed to do. Mm. 
And it was just such a really special space to be in. And knowing how they normally operate in their lives, it was really special to hear them talk about how much it changed their lives to know that that help and safety existed Mm -hmm. if they open themselves up Mm. to it. Christine said, you know, we just want everyone in this room to know that if you are ever in a position where you need help, that we will be there for you. And we also know from this experience that if you open yourself up to receiving help, that your people will show up and make things okay. Wow. And the just intentionality of like hosting an event for that purpose was Mm -hmm. really, really special. And then it just got me thinking that in a much bigger way, like being in that room was a really magical time. And I realized that not only would I have missed out on reconnecting with Christine, but I also would never be in that space literally if she hadn't reached out for help. Mm. It just felt suddenly felt like this new frame on that where being open to help is one of the most generous things you can do because it just gives all of these gifts that you wouldn't have mm-hmm. if people were not able to like step into that connection. I don't know. It has me thinking all about a lot of things. That's good. That like in your own life. About. Like, yeah, because we just think of it as such a burden in our culture. It feels like a burden to ask someone else for help or a failure or a weakness. And you're seeing it as the opposite in that context. Yeah. I've been thinking since that event that some of the most like sacred moments of my life were actually a direct result of people being open to quote unquote help. It has me thinking a lot about Wendy. So this is my uh, dear friend, Wendy, who died in October and the year between her diagnosis and when she passed, despite how precious she knew every single moment was during that time, she just opened her life up to us to step in and walk her through it. Mm. And I remember at that time and throughout the whole thing being like, I would never be like this. Mm. I would be like, pull up the gate. It is just me and a couple people in here. And we are that I would feel like people were like, even in helping me, like extracting or like taking my time, even if I needed the Like the scarcer the time the less you'd be likely to share it. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And she, I don't know if it's because she actually needed, like needed the transport to the places or, but it was like that generosity of being allowed into her life in, in that time resulted in some of the most profound peace and wisdom and connection that I have found being able to like, quote unquote, help Hmm. in that time. So it doesn't feel like help is even the right word Mm. when people invite you in because it's just seems wildly Hmm. inaccurate because her allowing us to be in those sacred moments with her allowed us to experience like gifts and wisdom that aren't possible to find in other places. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sacred show-ups. Yeah, it's like, you know I like that. It's the wrong word. Mm -hmm. It's like we we think we're asking for help, but is it like inviting? If you have a moment where you're suddenly aware of your need for connection Mm -hmm. and you decide to invite a few people into connect. Mm -hmm. What is that? It's not asking for help. It's like some sacred invitation. Mm -hmm. And that's what you experienced is the sacred invitation of that. Tell us about it. 
it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, it's doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, someone needs help. So you like sign up to give the food and it's like, check, I, I, a good person would do that. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like it was like stepping into a reality and a wisdom that you don't usually have access to Mm. in the regular street level daily life. Hmm. And I feel like whenever anyone really needs help and you're able to be invited into that, it is like you're not street level anymore. Mm. It's like you're tapping into a higher reality of we're all actually connected to each other. Mm -hmm. We're just on the other plane. We're acting like we're not. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to like accept help or provide help, then whoever's being helped or whoever's the helper doesn't matter anymore. It's like you're just tapping Uh. into a bigger reality that like we are actually all connected and you have like the privilege of living on the higher plane there. It's like a new dimension. Where you're disconnected from that on the lower plane. Yep, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm, it's another dimension. It's It feels like another dimension. And it feels like it's like the the safety piece goes both ways. It's not just like the person that's quote unquote being helped that feels safer. I feel safer. Mm. Having been able to operate momentarily on those planes because I am tapped in to that bigger life. The weather's getting warmer, which is wonderful because we can say bye-bye to big bulky sweaters and jackets and hello to shorts and tees. I just ordered three of Quince's muscle tanks. Check out their European linen shirt dress. I got it in the blue and white stripes, classic. It's beautiful and summery and gorgeous and linen, and it was less than $50. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings to us but they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. You will love all of it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash hard things for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash hard things to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash hard things. With the 2024 games in Paris on the horizon, I've gotten nostalgic about my international career. And when I look back, there are a few things I would have done differently to make sure I made the most of my time abroad. And one of those things was to learn a non-English language more fully. A daunting task, yes, but a much easier one when you consider that Rosetta Stone can get you fast language acquisition through their intuitive, research-based, dynamic immersion approach. That's why they're the most trusted language learning program and have been for years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Whether it's Dutch, Arabic, or Chinese, don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, We Can Do Hard Things listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash we can. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash we can today. you think that this is one of the reasons why people who go through tragedy, although it's horrific and requires all of them and that afterwards they often feel a sense of loss or purposelessness, it was horrific, but it was another dimension 
that after it's over, they're back into the normal world Mm. and they're not in that Mm. beautiful give and take close to the essence of what life and love are. It's like you live your whole life without glasses on and then all of a sudden you get a pair of glasses and you can finally see what it is, what it's all about. And then you go back into your real life and somebody rips their glasses off and you you can't see. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend whose mom passed and it was a horrible time. But after her mom passed, she said, at least I woke up every day of the last two years knowing exactly where I should be, knowing exactly mm. what I should be doing. I knew exactly what the most important thing was and where I was, the, you know, the most divine place that I could be every day. And now I'm just like, what the fuck do I do? I don't have that sense of purpose and connection, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. That probably makes sense because if you're in like the middle of those crises, it's like a total immersion program of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm operating on this plane of life. The rest of the world that's lucky enough to just be doing daily life isn't operating on Mm -hmm. and They're lucky, right? Because they're not going through a crisis or they're not on their knees needing help Mm -hmm. or walking someone through who's on their knees needing help. It's like they're the unlucky ones, but they get to operate on this plane where there is that clarity. And Mm -hmm. And there is what I think is like, what is actually true all the time. Yeah, the veil is lifted. It's Mm -hmm. like that thin places idea that there are thin places where the veil is lifted between like this dimension and the the one beyond and then you live in the other one. What was the dinner like? We just like all sat around and told stories and they talked about the experience and it was like funny and silly I was sitting by Chris and Chris, there was a a woman there, Leslie, that I had never met before. And he said that she told him that um, she felt the closest she had to God when she was driving his kids around during that scary week. Oh, my God. And that was such a like wild thing to hear. But it makes sense, right? If this higher plane is this idea of like, we are operating in a time where we're aware that we're connected. We're aware that we can step in for each other. We're aware that other people will step in for us. We're aware that the farce of us doing anything on our own is like blown up. Mm -hmm. Then that seems like it's like, a very direct connection to whatever is happening between us and God. Yeah. Right? It's probably what Jesus was getting at with all the, the kingdom of heaven is like, if he was doing it now, but the kingdom of heaven is like, you're driving your colleague's car around. You're driving your colleague's kids around because they have heart disease. Like the kingdom of heaven is like, you're sitting around Wendy's bed. It's like glimpses, glimpses, glimpses. It's Mm. just like a, portal of that. And it made me think a lot about my discomfort and unwillingness to ask for or accept help and how it's kind of like a humble brag that people do like, oh, I don't ask for help. I don't ask for it. I'm I'm not into that. But it really like in really stark contrast walking through Wendy, like my life would have been smaller and sadder and scarier had Wendy not invited me into her life. Mm-hmm. So does that not mean that my not getting over my discomfort with asking for or accepting help is not only making my life smaller, but making the lives smaller of people around me? Yeah. Yeah. It's selfish. Yeah. It's not creative. It's not building that thing that you're talking about, that magic, it's really interesting to consider just changing the language around it in your own head. Like instead of saying, I'm asking for help, like I'm inviting these people in, I'm inviting Mm -hmm. these people in, I'm inviting these people in. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, Brandy is mentoring Tish, just their like 
incredible creative partners right now. It's unbelievable. And in the very beginning, Brandy would be like, let's send your music to this person or that person, or let's let's call this person and ask for advice. And Tish would be like, wait, why? Like she would feel scared because she would feel like, mm-hmm. why would I be asking this person for help? It feels so audacious. And Brandy just said, oh, no, no, asking for help, asking for advice. ask That's how you build your team. That's how you build mm-hmm. your people. And that was a very weird. And now I'm watching her and all the people who are surrounding her. And they're all the people in the very beginning who Brandy and Tish were reaching out. And Brandy explained, this is how people feel invested in you. This is how you create the people who will be your people in 20 years. Mm-hmm. I would think of it as the people you do favors for or something. That's how you. Mm-hmm. No, it's building heaven on it's earth. So, yeah. Your own heaven on earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's counterintuitive. There's so many reasons why we don't ask for it, right? Like we're putting people out, but we put people out all the time. Like that's not the real reason. I don't think, I don't think the being a, being a burden is the real reason. I think the real reason is that it is like so fucking scary mm-hmm. to do that because A, what if we like call for help out into the world and no one shows up? Mm-hmm. And B, if we do call out for help and someone does show up, then we are putting ourselves in the hands of other people, like literally, figuratively, spiritually, whatever it is, where you're like, I don't have it in me to do this. And I have to trust you to do, whether it's a minuscule thing, like dropping off food at the house or a much bigger thing. That is a very vulnerable. It's a scary leap. Yeah. yeah it to feels be like, very out of control. It is. But it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy to end up alone with no help yes. or no people around you if you never That's ask right. for it. That's right. I know that I'm talking very like esoterically about this, like theoretically, but mm-hmm. it is a practical world changing on the ground thing. Like when you're entering that higher plane and you know that help is what's required. It actually on the lower plane builds things out Mm -hmm. with Wendy. She wanted to plan her service. And so it was like, who is the person going to be who can, who can do this right? And so my friend Becca from college is this brilliant, amazing, perfect human for that. And I had to call her and be like, help us. And it felt like a giant burden. She's got her own church. She's got her own everything. And she didn't know Wendy. And now she would say that that was one of the best things to happen to her Mm. in her life. The fact Mm. that she got to know her for those five months to be with her. And she's now incredibly woven into our community Mm. here that her like, quote unquote, giving us huge help has made her life so much bigger. Mm. And now Becca and I are so much more connected when we, than we were before. It's real. It's not, it, yeah, it's, it's like real. actually, I think what might be the thing that builds lives and communities being like, help me. Uh, yeah. Do you think some people are like, duh, like listening right now? Like, no, duh. no, 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 That's no. What, like no. some people are good at no, it. Maybe. No, no, no. I think that there is a misconception. This has all been like a fucking revelation to me. Yeah. I think what we're, what we're talking about is varsity level intentionality around creating the community that you want. Because so many of us, myself included, I would consider myself a generous person. Mm-hmm. I'm generous mm-hmm. with my energy, my time. And because of that generosity, and I think a lot of us might feel this way about ourselves, that I'm building a life that if I needed something, people would show up. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it would be as easy for me to say, I need you. My thought is people will come if they yes. sense that I need something mm. rather than me saying, will you come to me now? I need you. 
And that is the thing. That's the That difference. is the thing, Abby, because what what is huge about that is that is the invitation. And that's what I would think. Can't people see that I'm struggling? Yep. Can't people see that I need help? If they wanted to help, they would show up. If that's they right. wanted to. That's right. Christine wrote me a text and said, this is what's happening. This is what I need from you and the dates I need you to do it. Wow. It wasn't so like, cool. it wasn't a heroic thing for me. I, w- I was like, yes, the answer is yes. And that's why it's like a prayer. That's the connection to me of, to the spiritual thing. It's mm. like, it reminds me of Anne Lamont when she's like, all of my prayers can be boiled down into help. help thanks. thanks wow. wow. <laughs> and that is what friendship is, right? Yeah. Ooh. So it's you're, like, you're praying to other people. You're like, you're yes. sending your prayers to a person instead mm. of just to God. Like, please bring me a casserole, God. You're like, no, send you send your friend one. It's like, I need you to bring me a casserole on Thursday. Yes. It's like how vulnerable it is to say to God, like, help, please. It's that same fucking vulnerability to say to your friend, help. It is a two-way thing. It isn't that the people will show up if they love you. You have to be vulnerable enough to ask for it. And the thanks and the wow only become because of the help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to think that like the thanks and the wow of friendship oh. only comes because of the help. Mm. Oh, so if you have no thanks and wow or not a lot of awe and gratitude, it could be because you're not reaching out enough to request what will result in gratitude and awe. I That's think good. it might be. And I think that whole idea when you're like, I'm building the kind of world where I hope that people will show up for me. I do that too. And I think there's a little bit of that that's like kind of a capitalistic game structure where it's like, I have checked all the boxes to be a good person. (laughs) And therefore, should I ever need it, I have this insurance policy that I can show to the world and therefore I will be worthy of being helped. But I don't think that's the way it works. I think you get help when you say, help. But practically, it feels like in our culture. And I don't even know if I mean America now or like the Doyles. Like I have no freaking idea what I mean by that. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like the only time it's legit or valid in our culture to say help is if, if it's a physical sickness in your family. Mm -hmm. Is Mm -hmm. that the problem that we, like when I think back on my church days, it was always only that it was like a baby was born or somebody was sick. And that is the rallying times. Yeah. What are you talking about? And Abby, what are you talking about? Like when you say what what would happen that we could use as an excuse to invite this gorgeous divine web that we're all supposed to have to start building the table that you were at last week? My ego is so big. What would it be? Yeah. My ego feels threatened in this moment because it is true that it would only have to be like something about that. What is it? Like sickness. When you think about building this for yourself, not just showing up for other people, like for Wendy, for Christine, but like when you think about building this web for yourself and let's say you weren't going to wait for a sickness or a baby to be born, whatever the valid reasons are to send that text, what would it be? I'm saying that being part of these events and being like dipped into these sacred moments has allowed me to see that truth of that magic mix feels wiser and truer and safer and realer than the way that I operate. I'm talking about like very basic. I'm talking about in my own marriage, being able to be seen when I am suffering, Mm. being able to be like, I don't got this. Mm. Even on a like, not like show up with a casserole. I'm talking like, I'm struggling right now. Mm. And I can't even tell you why. There is something there that like, I think that is, I'm using these other concrete examples of it, Um, but I actually think that that's a block to connection. So you're saying that your 
a person with extreme agency, extreme capability, problem solving, independence. I've got this. Mm-hmm. Might think that that's how they're earning their worthiness to be at the table. When in fact, them seated at that table might have less of joy, wonder, awe, and connectedness to everyone else at that table than the person at the table who was like all year, like a little bit more vulnerable, broken, asking for help when they needed it. And you think that the the thing that's earning your worthiness at the table is actually blocking your connectedness at the table. I'm saying I've only been at tables when it's been the result of somebody needing help. I'm saying I'm not even at the table. I think that's the basis of tables. And I'm like, how many tables am I missing out on hosting or showing up at because I am believing the lie that my life is constructed on me being able to get all the shit done that I think should get done and figuring out ways to do it Mm. as opposed to being plugged into this truer to-do list of our life, Mm. which is plugging into the people around us that like are there to help us and we are there to help. Mm -hmm. I think my life has been smaller than it needed to be because of that. And Mm -hmm. I think my relationships have been smaller because I haven't been comfortable being seen when I don't have shit figured out. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations and multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs, you'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, and expenses don't slow down, so why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hard things. Netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. Pod Squad, we know about you. You, like us, pamper your pups with clothes, fluffy beds, toys all the days, any little thing their goodest hearts desires. Why then would we settle for burnt, smelly pellets? in their dog dishes. Maybe you don't. Maybe you go with the farmer's dog like I do for Seamus and you reap the benefits of giving your dog real, fresh, healthy food. It looks like real food because it is real food. It's made with human grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family. It's even fun signing up. You answer questions about your dog like, what health issues they might have, how old they are, what breed and personality they have, and more. You're not only getting fresh pre-portioned food, you're getting fresh pre-portioned food for your specific dog. And your dog may just have a newfound respect for their human too. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com slash hard things. Food made in human-grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family. Maybe more. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com slash hard things. 
There's a lot of subscription-based stuff nowadays, which is great. You might get one as a gift. You might really want to try something during a trial period. You might even make the occasional impulse buy. But what happens when you forget you signed up for this platform or need to cancel after the trial period on the platform? For me, I can never even find where I signed up to begin with. It gets overwhelming, but Rocket Money is here to help. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash hard things. That's rocketmoney.com slash hard things. Rocketmoney.com slash hard things. So what do you do when you don't have shit figured out? What do you do? How do you feel? Where are you sitting? What happens? I, I want to know. I want to go to the moment. Do you even allow yourself to understand you feel confused and sad and broken because you don't know what's going on? Or do you even allow that feeling to rise? This is not a personal thing. This is everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. has that feeling. Yeah. Everybody has that, that experience of, of lostness. I don't know that it arises intellectually in like a fully formed state. I think I usually feel jittery, edgy, annoyed, easily snappy at others because I'd, I'd much rather feel like somebody else did something wrong than that, that I don't know what's going on. Mm. That's so honest and lovely. That makes a lot of sense. So your shutoffness or snappiness then makes your scared self even harder to reach because the other person feels like you're mad at them. Mm -hmm. It's like a bulletproof jacket that you put over your tenderness and you don't even know that you're experiencing sadness or tenderness. Do you even note the like jump to that or you just now go straight to that? I think I'll get like low and tired and sad. I didn't know and don't know what people can do to help me. That's big. Mm -hmm. I've always been annoyed at people who need a lot of help. You must be fucking mad at me since I was born. No, 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 no. <laughs> that you don't, you're exempt from that. But you know the people who I'm like, you know, you're just always fucking yes. calling for everything. And you, so like, that's the big caveat to this, right? There is some magic middle where it's like, we should not have to wait until someone has a horrendous disease. No, to be able to like rally the troops around them. And we also don't want to be the people that wake up every morning and it's like, ask not what I can do for myself, ask what other people can do for me. Like right. we don't want to be those people. Where is the middle one where we're like, no, when you open yourself up to be able to receive help, to ask for it, that's like the right amount <laughs> you know but, but like going it, back to what we were just saying about you mm -hmm. when you say I don't know how anyone could help me with what what do you mean I mean like inside my head right so like what's wrong with the inside your head oh shit we don't have time no for no, that. no I'm serious we're getting at something like what is what's wrong if I'm like unsettled or confused or mad, I have always felt like I have to understand that before I share that. Mm, yeah. I have to like, okay, so here's the thing 
I'm mad about or sad about or whatever. And so let me really break it down for Mm -hmm. three days where I figure out my first step is that, is that even reasonable? Is that reasonable? Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? Or is that, if it's not reasonable, then you just deal with it in your own head as opposed to being like, but it kind of doesn't matter if it's reasonable, if it's how you feel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then do you share that even if it's not reasonable, even if you don't understand it? I didn't know that you're supposed to share your emotions with people just because they exist. Mm. Yeah. Especially the more, more, what I would say, the shadow, darker side of emotions, the more difficult ones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. And I think just like, that's just something that I've been learning in all of my therapy and I'm baffled it's counterintuitive to everything I've been taught, everything that I have learned in my life, everything that I thought was true is I've actually been cutting myself off from more intimacy in my most personal relationships because I don't share, share that stuff. Yeah. But so what would you do when it would happen? Would you just be like, okay, that I understand you thought that that wasn't okay, but would it exist in your head and then you just dissect it and then try to like yes. compost it? Or I would, what would yeah, compost, compost it or just shove it down? <laughs> because uh-huh. there was a part of me that thought, oh, that feeling is weakness. That anger is weakness. I am smarter than this. I can overcome this. I can figure out whatever it is I need to figure out without that emotion. And so now I'm saying that upset me. And sometimes I don't have to have a reason why. Sometimes um, my child self. child self will come forward and ex- try to explain it in a way that is embarrassing in, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I've said stuff to Glennon recently and I've come back the next day and I'm like, that was not that I feel embarrassed. With- and not in a mean way. No. It's just like very unformed. Unfiltered. It's wonderful. It's like very yes. childlike. It's very like, but I don't want that. And yes. I want something else. Yes. And it's that's what would be beautiful for you is to not yeah, intellectualize real. the emotion, not create a case like you're a lawyer or whatever. Like the, you're allowing your, you don't even know why. You're just saying these feelings. Yeah. That is right. Like I'm like, Let's let's take this on like a court case. Let's look at it. I'm like, mm, that case does not have legs. That would be thrown out of court. So we will not bring that up. <laughs> like as opposed to I don't like this. That's right. I don't want this. That's yeah. so that's sister. Yeah, it's good. Do you know that that's everything? We have talked recently about how you have gotten to a place where you don't know what you want. In big ways. Mm-hmm. You know what? You have to practice that shit. And, and you practice it by in moments where you don't like things going, I don't like this. I don't want this. Yeah. And noting that thing and not having to justify it mm-hmm. or explain it or like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a case for, for those things. Well, because you can't intellectualize the emotion away. That is not something yeah. that you can do. Yeah. You actually have to release the emotion and get it outside of you realize I can say this stuff and this person won't leave. That's the big thing that I was afraid of. If Mm -hmm. I say this stuff, if I show this part of myself, the child tantrum, discomfort, whatever it is, part of myself, nobody would stay. And she's just like, okay, I hear you. The other night I was like, but I don't want that. I don't (laughs) like literally like that. I went into this Mm -hmm. huge thing and she was just very still, calm. She didn't escalate. She just stayed neutral. And then the next day I came back and she's like, yeah, I, I felt that part of you come up. And I was like, oh my gosh. And you're still fucking here. It's like mm-hmm. having to have the communication with your spouse or person that we're even talking about to, to have them hold all the parts of who you are. And that's to me what this connects to with the help and the connection and the bigger world you can make for yourself, which is that I thought that my job always was to manage myself and my life and manage my feelings and manage my thoughts. And that was on me. And if there ever was a case to be presented, 
that it had to, you know, check these 37 boxes. And then, okay, now now that's a legitimate thing. Okay, we will now print out the case. We will present the case. We will deal with the case. Case closed, moving mm-hmm. on. The difference there is that it is very childlike. And so is saying help. Mm-hmm. And so is saying, come near. Mm-hmm. I need you near. I need help. And that is, I think, where relationship happens. That same level of vulnerability is, is of bearing yourself, of, of putting yourself in the hands of other people is, I think, the way that we connect to all the things, yeah. to our people, to God, to, and also it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's a saying, I am going to entrust to you, partner, or to you, friend, or to you, world, this thing that is unpolished and unfinished Mm -hmm. and that I think us coming together on this thing will make it okay. Instead of keeping it for yourself. So good. Mm -hmm. It's probably why, like, Every spiritual tradition is based on like, oh, that's so cute that you think having your shit together is what's going to bring you joy. Like having your shit too much together, being too independent can really get in the way of being human and love. It's like all the, Mm -hmm. when you're weak, you're strong, all those dichotomies. And it probably drives crazy the person who has spent their life trying to perfect their way to love because it feels like, oh my God, all I had to do is be more weak the whole time. (laughs) And then all those people who are always asking for help and annoying you, you're like, wait, they're on the right track? I do think there's a fucking line. There's a a middle. Because guess who I don't show up to help? The people who wake up every morning and ask for help. Oh God, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I do know there's something there. We've got to figure that out at some point. Well, that's dependent. We've got independent. We've got dependent. We are looking right, right, at right. interdependent. Okay? interdependent. We're in the zone of interdependence. I show up for me sometimes. You show up for you sometimes. You show up for me sometimes. I show up for you sometimes. Not every day I wake up and call you and say, how will you show up for me? Yes. And I do think that there is also just this part of it that's like, I have lived really independently for chunks of my life. Also putting aside the whole idea that independence is like a patriarchal capitalist fiction, all of that. Right. But purporting to be like, I can do my little world on my own. Mm -hmm. And it is just way less interesting. Yeah. There's no juice in it. It's dry. Juice in it. The only juice in it is the juice of your own making. Yeah. Hand squeezed juice all on your own in the kitchen, just squeezing out your own juice all by yourself. (laughs) So sad. I don't know. I just think this little, this little like experiment into thinking about this and just the, the few times I've been a part of it recently, I think there's more juice there. There's a more interesting way there. Yeah. And I think a lot of us listening are, are, we have like the people that we know we would call and that those people would drop everything for us. We have those people. I think we're also talking a little bit about growing or like getting to the next concentric circle outside of that, like family or whatever, growing our group, our community of people that we can rely on. And that might, that might absolutely take some proactivity of an intention and saying, Hey, I need this and, mm-hmm. and yeah. asking for it. And is it also not just that, but it's a, a way of being yeah. like, it's not just intentionally like, oh, and now I need to intentionally create this community. I'm thinking like, it's also just being at the store and like not being so focused on the one realm of life where you have to get back and you have to do the thing and you have to do the thing, but dropping into the next realm because somebody has just dropped, you know, their, their thing on the ground and you 
stop and you turn around and you pick up that thing and you hand it to them and you have this moment where you're in the other realm. I live there. Yeah. Right. You do live there. I live in that realm. I mean, sometimes I'm like, can we get back to the realm where we have to get back to the house? But like, I think it's a way of being that where you drop into that other part of connection above productivity too. And interdependence with everybody as opposed to just in, we're all living our little independent day. Yeah. That's right. And I think that it's all so cyclical because like with Wendy, what she did inviting us in and us seeing that bigger truth of life and what's most precious and how we're all connected is that the community that she built through her generosity and letting us in that way is the community that will be there for her 12-year-old son. Not because it's the right thing to do, but because we can now see and feel the reality that we are connected, that he is ours and we are his. Yes. I think the whole reason why we're talking about this is because there was a celebration of it. There was an acknowledgement, mm-hmm. a party of some sort. Now, I believe, and we don't do this enough, I think that celebrations are about tapping into the next place. Mm-hmm. I think celebrations are like this sprinkled fairy dust of like this aboveness mm. component to it. And that is what they were doing. They were inviting you to this dinner, showing you what the next place, this other dimension, this thing that you all tapped into is it's making the invisible visible right like we were in fact all connected to each other in that group we just didn't know it that's right we were connected to them to help them through a very scary time which reconnected us Mm -hmm. to them over and over but we were also connected to each other in this web that we didn't see until they put us at that table that's right and that's what i think the whole thing of help is actually doing. It is Mm -hmm. like, you can't see that you're connected until we do this super fucking obvious thing of helping each other that makes the invisible visible. It shows how like you're dependent on me and I'm dependent on you, but we don't get to access that gift unless we are Mm -hmm. in that tangible moment to see it. Yeah. You're not creating a web at all. Nobody's creating a web. You're just throwing invisible ink on the web that is already there so we get to see it. Exactly. Visible ink. Invisible ink. What's invisible ink? You're throwing some ink on the web. It was a freaking brilliant thing. And then you just went with invisible. Yes, that's exactly right. The web is already there. There, We're not creating shit. We're tapping into something that has always been there. And we get the privilege of tapping into it. Bam. No one's creating anything. That's good. Bam. Yo. It's remembering. Well, guess it's what, folks? We had a whole different plan that's to talk about today. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do this year. What are we doing? We're going to show the invisible. Ink. We're going to throw <laughs> visible ink on the invisible web so that we can see a visible web. <laughs> okay? Wow. Write that down. She's real good with words, y'all. <laughs> But you can see it in your mind, can't you? I know you can. Yeah. <laughs> We're all connected. We love you guys. We can do hard things. We'll see you next time. Bye. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to us if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do these three things. First, can you please follow or subscribe to We Can Do Hard Things? Following the pod helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. To do this, just go to the We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. This is the most important thing for the pod. While you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share an episode you loved with a friend, we would be so grateful. We appreciate you very much. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle. I walked through fire, I came out 
other side I chased desire I made sure I got what's mine And I continued to Thank you.